part. I was like trying to listen to you, but I was reading this verse and I got smoked. So I'm just gonna read it and see what happens. Okay. It's uh Second Corinthians four through eight. Listen to this. It has nothing to do with today's message. Or maybe it does. Uh and we have such trust through Christ toward God to the page is getting blurry. Um not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now listen to this. But if the ministry of death, this is what the Bible calls the law, the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. How will the ministry of the spirit not be more glorious. If the law of death was so glorious that Moses' face shone and shone, how much more experience encounter the spirit of life? Boy, that uh, excites you real quick. That's a good word. This new covenant, which shows you the old covenant was of yourself trying to fulfill it through works. This new covenant, not of works, but by the fulfillment of the Spirit who produces life. Whew. Glorious covenant. This also fires me up because it means somehow, some way, someday, all our faces should be shining like that glory. If Moses, if Moses stared at Christ through an old covenant and shined bright, how much more us who now see clearly face to face with him should be shining. Thank you, Jesus. Man, let me pray. Uh, actually, I'll share this. So I had a dream uh, Saturday night or going into probably what Friday night going into Saturday morning. And, um, and in the dream, I was preaching a message on uh, yes and amen, which is where we'll be set of Second Corinthians chapter one verse twenty, and I was preaching this message. I saw myself preaching this message, which for me, I've just been you know we've been walking with the Lord long enough and no dreams, visions that I don't even question it anymore. Like I already know, you know, He knows I'm going to be preaching on Sunday. He typically, you know, when that happens, I automatically know I'm going to be preaching on it. And so um, just he began to download just even more scriptures and stuff and then tie it in to everything that uh, that ha we have been talking about, which I want to just start off from that and really take the base of, you know, our righteousness and identity in Christ. But let's go ahead and um, jump in and pray. Father, I thank you. Let's pray this together. Holy Spirit, help, empower, equip. We just read. We have no sufficiency in ourselves, but are fully sufficient in 
you. So whatever we need, we ask now and receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. So as many of you know, we've been preaching this gospel of righteousness. What is the gospel of righteousness? It's, it's righteousness by the shed blood of Jesus alone. It's righteousness not by works, not by efforts, not by power, but by that seal of the Spirit upon your heart that came after your sins and your ledger of all the errors and mistakes and violations of the law of death were wiped clean by the blood of the Lamb. That's what you must understand. If we were still under the law, you're dead already. You violate it. You broke it. Paul says if you broke one, you're guilty of them all. There's 600 and took 10 commandments and made 613, I think it is, laws. I could be incorrect on the number. 613, I think it is, laws. And it says if you violate one, guilty of them all. Man, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Then we began to understand that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. What does that mean? That means when I'm in Christ, I stand before God. And Paul said this, I believe in Ephesians, he said, you, or Colossians, you stand flawless before God. Flawless and blemishless. That actually, when God looks at you, he does not see your life, but he sees the life that Christ lived. See, when we lose our life, I want you to think about this. Often we, we think of love not your life, right? Those who love their life lose it. Those who hate their life, they gain it, right? Well, think about this. Don't, don't just think about it as, well, the things that you have in your life. Often we equate life to the possessions that we have, right? We equate life to, well, if I love my house, if I love my spouse, if I love the, if I like all this more than Jesus, we equate it to that. But, but what does God call life? God calls life the fruit of the Spirit. God calls life the flowing essence of himself, right? So if we hate our life, what, our own deeds, our own works, our own efforts, if I begin to despise my ability to walk in righteousness and instead cling to his ability to produce it in me, if I lose my life, I gain his. I can't begin to obtain the life of the Spirit until I shun the life of works. Does this make sense? I can't begin to step in and walk in what God is doing in me until I come into agreement with his holy word that my works account for nothing. That my efforts to obey the law is death. But my yielding and surrendering to his sufficiency and having faith in his finished work alone, this then produces his life in me. Does this make sense? I love not my life, my efforts, my thing. My accolades, despising them, but I love his and his life. So I, I believe it's both and. It's not either or. It's, it's both and ways to look at it. Uh, but we understand this, again, that we're made righteous only by Christ alone. So I want to invite you into reading the Bible differently. Okay? I want to invite you. Before I read this scripture, I want to invite you to read the Bible differently. It dawned on me because I've been reading through the Bible in a year. I've been going through and rereading the whole New Testament. And I've been from Genesis. I'm all the way in Proverbs now. And I've been reading all the way through. And I keep running across these scriptures, you know, where it talks about uh, the reward for the wicked. And God's judgment on the wicked and, and what he does. 
to them. How he despises this act or, or that act or the way of the wicked becomes perverse or the way of the wicked, there's thorns and thistles. Proverbs talks about it left and right. How many of you have read, Pro- hopefully you've all read Proverbs. How many of you, if you've not, you need to, to, to read Proverbs ASAP. Caleb raises his hand. He's been reading Proverbs every day of his life since he was four until I think about a year ago. Um, I was like, if you're going to get any book, get this one, you know. Um, but I'm reading it and I'm reading it in a new light because I'm realizing something that when I'm in Christ, I don't have to worry about any of those verses. You say, what? When I, when I read this, the punishment, the lot, the portion of a wicked, that doesn't mean, oh, well, I made, I made a mistake today, so now I'm wicked. Well, if that was the case, then again, my righteousness would be based on whether I did right or not, or not today. And it's not. So now when I go back and I read through the Old Testament and I begin to read all the promises God gives for those who are righteous and live right, you know, he begins to tell the Israelites, if you'll obey all my commandments, I will give you this or give you that. If you abstain from evil, and don't go down this way, walk in the way of the world, walk in the way of the pagans, if you don't do that, then what? I'll begin to bless you. I'll increase your land. I'll take you to the land flowing with milk and honey. Like, all those promises are there. And I begin to understand something that, wait a second, that those are the, the qualifications for those promises. When I read them in that light, I'm reading them in the light of an old covenant. But then I find something very interesting in the New Covenant. It says we are now in a better covenant with better promises. Now listen to this. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Listen to this. Actually, I'm going to start in, in verse 19. Uh, no, I'm going to read 20. I'll come back. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen. The glory of, to the glory of God through us. Listen to this. For all the promises of God. How much is all? Do you know what that means? Do you know there's people? Listen, God bless them. I love them. But they'll be up here and they'll stand up here and they'll say, Brother, this certain promise or that per- certain promise, like the tithe, for instance. Well, that promise was only for Jews. My man, Paul says I'm the real, mm, hold on a second. Paul says I'm the real, whoa, I don't mean to step on theological toes, but I'm pretty sure that he said all. He says, you know, some people talk about healing. Well, brother, that was the old covenant, you know, the uh, the God who heals you, you know, that was for them. Uh you know, the Israelites walking through the wilderness, and he tells them, he says, your shoes will never run out. He says, I, did, I made your clothes last. He's like, I, prov- I brought provision from heaven. You, you needed food, I gave it. You needed clothes, I get it. You need light at night, I got a pillar of fire for you. You need to be led, I got a pillar of cloud. Well, that's all, all them promise, that's all old. Co- Wait a second, it says it right here, for all. Somebody say all. The promises of God in him. Somebody say, in him. Who is him? 
Christ. Who am I? Where am I? How am I in Christ? By his blood. So everything we've been learning, everything we've been thinking, because of the blood, we're here. Because of the blood, we're clean. Because of the blood, we're in Christ. Because of the blood, we stand before God, and when God looks at us, he looks at the life Christ lived, not mine. That means God doesn't look at me and see what I did 15 years ago and the errors I made when I robbed and I stole and I did this and I did that. God doesn't see that. What he does is he sees the faithfulness, the flawless life of the Lamb. That's what he sees when he looks at me. And i got to believe that. And listen, when I believe that, I'm in him. And when I'm in him, all his promises are yes, and they are amen. Surely when you come before God and you begin praying and you be asking him for something and you believe believing for promises and you step up there and you start looking at your life and your deeds, of course you ain't got no faith to receive it because you know you don't deserve it. Guess what, though? It ain't according to what you did. It's according to what he did. So I come boldly before the throne of grace and I step before that throne knowing that when he looks at me, he sees Christ. And I ask from that place knowing I can receive, not because of me, but because he bled that changes everything this is really good news this is really good this will snatch me out of a poverty mindset so much more because it becomes less about the money I got and, and, and the money my daddy has. It because you, you start, I, start, I stopped living like a pauper because I understand something. I'm like, wait a second. I've got an inheritance in Christ. He is the firstborn among many. I am his brother. I am born into his bloodline. I have a seat at the Father's table. And it doesn't become about my life in this world, but the one in the next. And then all of a sudden, things start flowing through me because now I know it had nothing to do with me. Blessings start flowing through. Listen, oh man, I want to say something real quick. Please catch this. I pray Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, help us right here. Listen, the Bible says that through him, all blessings flow. Where am I? I am in him. If I'm in him and through him, all blessings flow, when I believe I'm in him through me, all blessings will. Then I become a walking blessing distributor. So now when I ran into somebody's need, when I ran into somebody's need at, the, at, the, at Sam's Club, when I run into somebody's need, I see Rita and somebody standing there, and I hear a need, I can walk over them and pray for them, not from what I have or what I even did. Maybe I made a mistake and I cut somebody off and they flipped me off and I chewed them out five minutes ago. If I'm praying from that place, I'm probably not going to have no faith to see nothing happen. But if I'm praying from the fact that, hey, I'm already washed in the blood and I stand before Christ, now I can meet that need and my mind won't be on me, it'll be on, be on them. And I'll be selfless just like Christ is selfless I'll be giving from him and not from me and all of a sudden I begin to pray with faith knowing that my prayers are answered why because I never known Jesus to pray a prayer the father didn't answer and when I stand before God he sees Jesus I stop praying for my life and I start praying from his that'll change something that'll change something it's really good news I mean it's really good news Woo! I got a free license to pray, believing that my prayers will be answered like Jesus prayed them. And that sufficiency is not in myself. We just read it. 
but is in him. Come on, Lord. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Now listen. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us in God who has also sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Guarantee. Listen, moreover, I call God as witness against my soul. What? That to spare you I came no more to Corneth. Listen, not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers of your joy, for by faith you stand. By faith, I stand where? In Christ. I'm telling you, it is never, ever on God. He came, it's finished. The lack is never on God. It's never on God. Never on God. It always comes back to our faith. Do you believe it? When you had the biggest screw-up in the last 15 years, do you believe it? When other people are hounding you and ridiculing you and accusing you and cutting you off and flipping you off, do you believe it? When people are abandoning you and leaving you alone, do you believe it does not matter? I am in Christ and all of his promises are yes and amen. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You must believe that he is. What does that mean, that he is? That he exists? Also, that he is who Jesus said he was. You must believe the red letters about what Jesus said about a father. You must believe that when he said, if you, what, what father, if their son asked them for a fish, would give them a snake or a, a bread would give them a stone, but that your heavenly father knows how to give good gifts, right, and will not withhold anything from those who ask. Anything. If you ask anything, Believing in my name, it will be given to you. I would say this, in what he says and what he alludes to the, the whole book and everything I read, it's not only asking in his name, it's in, but when he says in his name, he's talking about and in his life and in his being and in his righteousness and what he did. Not asking according to what you do. You could sit here and plead all day, oh, in Jesus' name do this, in Jesus' name do that, but you're asking from a place of unrighteousness, not believing in your righteousness. Let me, let, me, let me say something to you real quick because I, I, I see it happen all the time, and it happens to me all the time. It happens to me all the time because I, I, I wear the title of a pastor, and, and so stuff happens. Um, and so people will come to me at times and ask me to pray for them like, like Sarah's prayers might not be as strong or like Chris' prayers might not be as strong. They'll come to me 
and I, like, well, the pastor prayed for me. Like, I've done it. I did it when I needed a healing in my back. I traveled around. I wanted to get Bill Johnson, this person, that person. All these people known for healing. Lay hands on me. I need a healing. You know, so I would go to people who I thought had more of God. Blasphemy. It's blasphemy. man. In Christ, it's a temple is a temple. And listen to this. And Christ is Christ. In Christ, the fullness of the Godhead dwelled. And this is the mystery, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Listen, the Bible says this, the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. You know what you don't have to do? You don't have to go and say, well, let me check off the 20 million boxes to make sure I'm righteous today. Oh, no, no, no. But then, then maybe I can pray. And so that's what we do in our mind. We think because I got a microphone in my hand that I live my life to such a higher standard, which I should. There's a higher level of judgment. I get that. We're not talking about that today. But this is how our mind works. What I'm trying to do is renew our mind that we might prove what the will of God is. Do you understand? The will of God is for you to know that you're righteous and to pray as Jesus prays. As though you're praying from his life and not yours. So I want you to renew your minds from it. Holy Spirit, do it, I pray. Come in the room, renew our minds. Listen to this. Listen to this. Catch this now. Catch this. What's what we do? We go to anointed men, and we go to the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the, the evangelist, the pastor, to all this, and we go to them because we think, well, they're really righteous, so God will answer their prayers. Let me tell you something. You alone stand the same exact as every one of them people before Christ. You are the same. Nobody measured up and the only measurement is his life and the only standard is his blood and the only way you're getting in is because you got blood over your doorpost and death passed you both over. Either you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus or you're not. That's the standard. I don't, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Tim, I am no more righteous than you. Your prayers are just as powerful as mine. If you believe that the same blood that cleansed me cleansed you, that's actually all you have to do is believe. That's it. Come on. There's no divine. And, and guess what? He's no, man, I just read it in James. He's, he's not a respecter of persons either. He's not a respecter. Why? Because the blood made us all equal. The blood made us all equal. It don't matter. The law showed us we were all in violation, and the blood makes us all righteous if we believe. One killed us, and the other brings us to life, and we're all made equal standing before him. We got to stop praying prayers or stop seeking others because we think they're righteous. I totally believe in the laying on of hands. I totally believe in the gifts of healing. And hey, somebody might have a gift of healing that'll flow. But guess what? They didn't get that gift because they lived so righteous. They got that gift because the Holy Spirit decided they would have them. That's Bible. That's not some doctrine of man. That's not me trying to twist you to get you to go fast and pray and start walking some laundry list, walking and living your life on eggshells. No, I'm free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm free. I don't got to walk on eggshells. Christ was enough. The blood was enough. And in him, I can obtain it because of his work. His work. His work. Mm. <laughs> think of the most anointed individual that comes to your mind. I want you to think about it right now. Who pops in your mind? The most anointed person. Oh, 
if so-and-so, if I could go to so-and-so meeting and I could go to so-and-so's meeting, then maybe this would happen because they're so. You are just as righteous if you believe. Sure, each have different anointing and I get all that. We're not talking about that. The prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I was never righteous on my own merits anyway. Hallelujah. Praise God for that truth. You better be thanking God for that too. You better be thanking God. He's not judging your righteousness or unrighteousness uh, uh, upon what you did or didn't do yesterday, today, what you're going to do tomorrow. It's on the blood. Thank you, Lord. You say, well, well, it's, yeah, come on, girl. Praise the Lord. Let the children cry out. Listen, in him, in Christ, all his promises are yes in their amen. We say, well, what's the point of all this? Thank you for asking. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. Listen to this. By his divine power. Somebody say his. Is it say by your efforts? It says by his divine power. Come on, this is good news. God has given us everything. Somebody say everything. We need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. You see, because as you know him, you realize one thing. As you begin to know it, the vastness, right? You begin to know the holiness and the righteousness of God. You'll see how unholy you are, how unrighteous you are, right? How much lacking you are outside of him. But then you'll see how merciful and how kind and how gracious and how good he is that he washed you and cleansed you and brought you in. And as you begin to know him, everything is received. Listen, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. He did not call you because you were awesome. He did not call you because you were the coolest kid in school. Matter of fact, God loves to take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. So I bet you if we all lined up and talked about our experience in childhood, we weren't all the coolest kids. There's some cool kids. Cool kids make it. It's all right. But, uh, but most of we're just we're just fools. We're just fools. Jackson's a cool kid. The cool kids make it. Decker's a cool kid. The cool kid, they get in. It's okay. Same blood covers. I was a fool. But it's okay, I got a verse for that. I'm, I know I'm double choking. No, I'm just kidding. We're all equal. It's just teasing. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Listen, because of his glory and excellence, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises, listen what they do, that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires the lord so set it up this way that you would have to come to him to get the promises and as you possess them you'd be delivered i said the lord set it up this way you'd have to come to him to get the promises and as you possess them you'll be delivered it says it right here that 
there are the promises that enable you to, sh- to share his divine nature. We, listen, we got it twisted. We think we need to get more like Christ but before we possess the promises. Well, then maybe I can be trusted with the promises of God. God says you get the promises and then you become like him. He works opposite. You don't show up to God's house, to God's employment, and earn your way to the top. Christ brought you the top by him, and you get from him by believing it, realizing it had nothing to do with you. The longer I've been on this, the more blessings I see, the stuff I start seeing pop off in my life isn't because I just got more holy. It's actually because I believe it ain't got nothing to do with me. So I pause like I boast all the more in my weakness. I boast in my weakness and in Christ. I want to know nothing amongst you except Christ and him crucified. They enable you to share his divine nature. And they enable you what? To escape the world's corruption by human desires. Why? Because if I'm getting everything I need from God, the world has no hook in me. Did you hear what I said? If I'm getting everything I need from God, the world has no hook in me. If I'm getting and possessing the promise of provision from God, financial provision, I know that it's coming from God, you can't bribe me one time. You will never bribe me. You will never pressure me or manipulate me on the threat of taking money or or giving it. You'll never seduce me with the offer of money. And you'll never break me by trying to take it. You can't corrupt me that way. If I obtain the bliss of knowing him as the bridegroom king, intimacy with him, you'll never seduce me into lust. Because I'm satisfied right here at his feet. You'll never bait me into it. I'll never be baited into being a thief. Ever. Why? Why would I need to steal when my my father walks on streets of gold? You know, you realize dust, literally, the dust of his street is gold dust. It's dust. Kicks up and it's solid gold. Streets made of solid gold. Gates made of a single pearl. No lack whatsoever. Man, come on, Jesus. Huh? I, don't, I won't get baited into, mm, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to go there. I'm not going to get baited to putting poisonous sub things in my body. Trying to treat something that the very thing I'm taking is actually going to be worse. Its results are going to be, I won't be baited into that. Why? Because there's divine healing in Christ. And guess what? Well, what if you die? Well, I'm not, I actually, actually, I already did. <laughs> I'm already dead, but look, I'm alive again. Christ said it in Revelations. He said, I died, but look, I'm alive again. And guess where I am? I'm in Christ. I died with him and now I'm alive. Threaten me with death if you want to. You know? That's one of the biggest things. A, a burglar, somebody breaks in and be like, I'll kill you if you don't. I'm already dead, bro. 
I'm all right, okay, bless me, please. Please. I've obtained eternal life. Send me to glory. What do you have on me? I'm not corrupted now, you know? Jackson, and, and uh, God bless the military. God bless the military. Thank God for the military. We honor them. But, you know, Jim knows. Jackson's about to find out, you know. But there's some, there's some tactics, the military, some pressure, manipulative tactics to get you to do this and do that. It happens. It happens. But guess what? He just told you right here, you'll escape the world's corruption caused by human desire when you obtain his promises. Amen? So, <clears throat> what are his promises? Let's look at some real quick. Y'all want to hear good news? Let's get some good news. Yeah. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to list them, and then I'm going to uh, read them. Thank you. Um, I'm going to list them, and then I'm going to give you like two or three verses for each one. You ready? If you're taking notes. Here's the promises. Listen. God promises his help and his guidance. God promises his help and his guidance. In Christ, you have his help. It's guaranteed. You're sealed. Actually, it's funny. You're sealed with the helper. I would say to say I am helpless is blasphemy. For the believer in Christ. To say, well, I'm helpless. You may feel helpless. It's one thing to feel helpless. But you know feelings lie. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Feelings lie. You, we just read it. You're sealed with the guarantee, the Holy Spirit. Sealed with it. The Holy Spirit's name is Helper. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that means if, I, if I'm declaring I'm helpless, I'm declaring that the very helper's power is not, is not active in my life. It's not true. I, yeah, girl. Tell him amen. <clears throat> he promises his faithfulness that he'll be true to his word. He promises our salvation. He promises wisdom. He promises peace, joy, and love. He promises riches in heaven, adoption into his family, strength and power, his provision. He promises eternal life. He promises deliverance from enemies, from danger, and from temptation. He promises healing. He promises it. He promises renewal. Here's a couple for God's guidance. Psalms 48, 14. For this God is our God forever and ever, and he will be our guide even to the end. You know, even when you don't see or feel or sense his guiding, he's still guiding. The good shepherd doesn't take a day off. He's already entered into rest. 
And he's shepherding from that rest and giving you from himself. He never takes it. You're like, I think I'm lost. I think I'm, I just got off on the wrong path. I just did this. I did that. He's still guiding. He's already 12, 100, 1,000, a million steps ahead of you. He's got a solution and an answer, and he's guiding you upon good and straight paths. Often we get off the narrow way and think that, you know, we like miss that turn on the interstate, you know, and there's no exit for like four, th- three or four miles, and you got to keep going, and you got to keep going, and you got to keep going, and you keep seeing that emergency turnaround only, and you know, and it says emergency vehicles only, you know what I'm talking about? You're going on the interstate in the little cut, and you're like, I could just cut through. I could just cut through. Christ is the cut through. Christ, I said, Christ is the cut through. He is the sheet gate. You don't have to keep going and going and going and going and waiting. Don't be like, hey, pastor said I'm under the blood. I could take the emergency. Don't twist my words now. I see some of y'all thinking the gear is turning. Next time you see that emergency, that little turnaround, you'll be like, oh, pastor said I'm just going through Christ. I'm just going through Christ. I heard your thoughts. I heard your thoughts. No, no, no. Straight and narrow. Christ is that turnaround, and he has the authority to let you take it. Hallelujah, yes and amen. All y'all promises are yes and amen. (laughs) Y'all know I've been guilty of using that thing a time or two. Oh, praise God. (laughs) We've all fallen short. Oh. You know, but our minds think you got to keep going, and, like, you got to work your way back to the narrow way. It doesn't work that way, man. Listen, when Christ restores, when you repent, when you repent, it's that second. And he doesn't restore you like, like you know, if you're a baby Christian and you get born again and you walk with Christ and you, you know, I struggled with this for years because I did backslide for a season. I did backslide, walk away from Christ. I struggled with it for years. And I said, Lord, what about all that time I had with you before I backslid? Is that just, do I lose that? Like, am I starting over as a baby Christian? And that's what we think. We stumble, we fall, and then we got to start back over as a baby Christian. It doesn't work that way. He never left you. Here's what he told me. He said, this is what I do. He said, when you repent and you restore for me, when I look at the time of your li- the timeline of your life, all I see is the time you're in me. Everything else is blotted out of my memory. I forgive your sins and I remember them no more. Jackson, that means any slot of your life where you weren't in Christ doesn't even exist in eternity. It's not even there. It's literally covered by the blood. God supernaturally, divinely chooses to forget it. Love keeps no record of wrongs. You think love himself keeps one? Not under the blood. No. His book of remembrance, literally, it gets blotted out. That stuff gets blotted out by the blood. Thank you, Jesus. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. Thank you, God. Genesis 28 and 15. God's promises about his faithfulness. Listen. 
Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will never be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. This is Isaiah 5410. Do you know what the covenant of peace is? What he's, he said this in an old covenant, but do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about this new covenant. How do we know? Because this before this new covenant, we were at war with God. But Christ, through the shedding of his blood, has done away with the enmity between God and man and given us peace, this, peace of co- this covenant of peace. He says it's literally, I'll never take it away. Everything in your life can be shaken, the Lord says, but we're good. We're good. Keep doing what you're doing, but we're good. I'm not leaving you. You keep going. I'm coming with you the whole way. Let me tell you something. I was busted, disgusted, jacked up, withdrawing, all this stuff, sitting in a jail cell. I didn't go into a church and come to a God and come to an altar. God came to me and stepped on the scene and said, are you done? I've been here the whole time. Now I have your attention. Now it was actually my plan. Because I knew if I could get you right here and shut out all the noise and get you sober and get you to quit just, just, just drowning out my voice with the drugs and the alcohol, that my voice could split through and like manna, it would nourish you and bring you life. He came to me. He guided me even in that. Stepped on my seat. So faithful. So true. Under He was faithful to the word that was implanted in my soul as a child. This is why the Bible says, raise up a child in the way they should go, and when they're older, they won't depart from it. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commandments. We have two commandments in this covenant. Love God and love each other. Two commandments in this covenant. Love God and love each other. Everything else is fulfilled through, the, through love, through Christ. Christ fulfilled the mandate, and now he fulfills this covenant of love in us by his spirit. He says, a thousand generations, I'll lavish my love on you. I'm faithful. God promises salvation. Listen to this. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. It's the gift of God. That's Ephesians 2.8. Luke 12.32. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Do you know what the kingdom is? The kingdom is righteousness, right standing with God, Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's literally God's pleasure to make you right with Him. God enjoys making. We go to God. Mm, Holy Spirit, help us get this. We go to God. I've done it, and don't, tell me you hadn't. If you if you hadn't, correct me, please. But we go to God. We're like, like, like it's a burden on God to forgive us again. Like, we go, like, dragging ourselves, God, I messed up again, and oh, God, you know, I just, 
I screwed up again, Lord. Oh, please, would you would you have mercy on me one more time, God? Would you would you just just oh Lord, don't strike me, don't judge me, don't in your anger and your wrath, don't do do do. His wrath was satisfied by the shed blood of Jesus. The wrath of God rests on those out of the blood, not in the blood, not in the blood. But that's what we do. We go to Him, like it's a burden for Him to forgive us. He says, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I enjoy putting Christ's blood on you. I enjoy, if you'll bring the hyssop, I'll bring the blood and smear it over your doorpost. Hyssop representing faith. If you'll bring the hyssop, God provides the blood right over your doorpost. He loves applying that blood. He enjoys it. For the what? The pleasure set before him, the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Your liter- the thing that got him through the cross, you're coming to him to receive that. Think about that now. The very joy and pleasure that got Jesus through the excruciating punishment of the cross. When you come to him, you are literally laying down and he's receiving his reward. He's getting that joy that got him through. It's his pleasure to give you the kingdom. You're like full of anxiety, like, man, God's got to deal with me, and I, here I am not having faith again. I'm, all, and you're like getting anxious and full of it. It's his pleasure to give you peace. Well, I don't want to bother God. What? Please, let the whole, allow, surrender, yield by faith. Let the Holy Spirit renew your mind this morning. Start thinking differently. Start thinking. He's not like some earthly fathers that want you to call first before you come over. His door is always open. I'm serious. His door is all, he's not like us. Praise God. He doesn't need his own personal time. He did in, in, in human form. Why? Because he's so laid down. We, we, we act like we watch Jesus go away and, and, and get alone with the Father and act like that's what the Father does because when we see him, we see the Father. Yeah, but, but in the same time, Jesus is also teaching you how to live as a, as a, in a human body. He still had on a mortal Do you understand that? He had on a mortal flesh. His soul, his spirit was immortal. He was the word made flesh, right? He laid down his deity, born as a man in right standing with God, right? The word of God, equally God, equally man, right? But this body, he got weak. It needed food. It needed sleep. It bled. He so laid it down, life so laid down his power as God that he died. Do you understand? He so willingly did it. So he was teaching you that, hey, you need the Father. You need me. You need to go lock away and be alone with Jesus. But the Father, the Bible says, him who neither sleeps nor slumbers. He's always available. It don't matter two in the morning, three in the morning. He ain't got no clock. He's on eternal time. There ain't a better, better time to go to God. He's an on-time God, and he's an all-time God. I said he's an on-time God, and he's an all-time God. Mm. 
his pleasure to give you the kingdom. He promises you wisdom. That's how to live your life according to God. If you don't know what wisdom is, I did a teaching on it. You can find it on our podcast, Encounter1078.com forward slash podcast. It's called Blueprints from Heaven, the Wisdom of God. It's divine downloads from heaven. Listen, the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in in store for the upright. He's a shield for those who walk is blameless. Hey, he's a shield. I want you to think differently when you read these verses. Listen, he's a shield for those who walk blameless, whose walk is blameless. Guess what? If you're in Christ, your walk is blameless. We say, well, I wasn't blameless today. Yes, you were. Not by works, least any man should boast, but by faith in Christ in his blood. I, I get that promise. Why? Because in him, all his promises are yes and amen. That means every promise from the, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's okay. From the beginning to the end of the book that have a stipulation and requirement on it were met by Christ. He gives wisdom from his mouth. The Bible says that we're now in his presence, right? We're the holy temple of God. We house the presence. You know, presence means face. Well, what's on a face? A mouth. What comes out of a mouth? Sound, the voice. (laughs) He's always speaking. We must believe that we can hear. We'll receive wisdom. Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Proverbs 1.23. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without fault finding and it will be given to you. But there's a stipulation there. It says, listen to this, but let him, this is verse six in James one, but let him ask in faith with no doubting in faith in what? Everything I've just been telling you in faith in what? That you are in Christ and you have access to it. In faith that you receive it, not based on what you did, but on what Christ did. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. You're like this. But boy, when you stand on that solid rock, steady and firm, you begin to take on and manifest his attributes, which we just read about, his faithfulness. For let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Meaning what? Means you stop believing you're righteous. That's when you become double-minded and unstable. You stop believing the blood was enough. You start looking down the long laundry list of what you did and didn't do today. Am I condoning sin? Certainly not. Absolutely not. We're not standing up here trying to prostitute the blood of Jesus and give you a license to do whatever you want. That's not what we're saying here. Because, And let me tell you, when you're born again, you can't. That's why it says no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Why? Because you can't. You'll keep trying and trying. You can't. You won't. It, he won't let you. You'll, be dis, you'll just be so, just so jacked up on the inside. No peace. You'll know I'm out of the kingdom. He promises peace, joy, and love. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not 
Let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid, which tells me right away I'm believing in my own righteousness the moment I'm troubled and my heart is afraid. If I've stepped into fear, I've stepped out of love. Why? Because perfect love casts out all fear. And what is love? Christ is love. So if I'm stepping in out, out and I'm walking in fear, it's a good indicator that somewhere, somehow, some way, I'm not believing I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Because if I believe I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, I believe I'm in love and love casts out fear. Does that make sense? Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. By what? By faith. By feeling? By the confession of the people in, in this room? By what your mama said or daddy said? By the accuser of the brethren? Hmm. By faith. God promises that you'll gain riches in heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 18, 4. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, it's so funny. Again, this is how some of our minds begin to work, and I'm praying that the work of the Holy Spirit is taking place right now and is renewing our minds. But this is how we like to think about things like this. This is how we think. We think that all of a sudden, because I made a mistake today, uh, everything I did over the course of my life for Christ from a pure heart I've lost. That it just works that way. God's not an Indian giver. You want an Indian giver? It's somebody that gives. And I mean, no offense if any Native Americans are. I don't mean that way. I'm just using a slang term. God's not that way. He doesn't give and he doesn't and, he, and just take, take it back like that. Sure, God gives and he takes away. He does give and he takes away. But he's not an Indian giver. He doesn't, he doesn't operate like that. He's not. In, in Christ. In Christ. That's the key. In Christ. When you do things today, okay, for Christ, and you store up treasures in heaven, that means you have a, a lot waiting for you, right? There's going to be things to cast at his feet, right? And then maybe tomorrow you don't get up and pray, you don't get up and seek heaven, you veg out on the couch, you do nothing, you're lazy all day, yada, yada, yada. And then you wake up the next day, do you think that your like bank account has been voided? In heaven? No. But some people believe that. They think God works that way. Not in Christ, man. Not in Christ. God promises uh, adoption into his family. Listen, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, Matthew 5, 5. But now this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you, I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. That's Isaiah 43, 1, John 14, 8. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. 
I'm telling you, I have pastored now. I don't know how many, how long it's been, but listen, I'm telling you, one of the main things that we counsel, I counsel people, and they have many troubles, is they say this one thing. They say, "I feel all alone." Well, I just feel alone. And then from that place of feeling alone, they then go act out sexually. They go, uh, or they'll act out in fear. Um, they'll begin to try to manipulate people and force them to stay in relationships with them. And, you know, it, it just gets real ugly. Or they'll, they'll get so afraid of losing somebody that they'll start to do things to try to manipulate them to keep them when they were never going anywhere in the first. Like it just, it's this nasty, ugly cycle that is actually just dealt with when you realize that you are adopted into the household of faith. That actually, the Bible says this. He says, I bow my knee to the Father of all the families, both in heaven and on earth. So even if you find yourself alone on an island with no other believers, there is a great cloud of witnesses that surrounds you that is family. Matter of fact, if you need that, because you already have in you the one who formed and shaped the world, like that's not enough. Brother, I love you. I want you all in heaven. I want everyone on these streets in heaven. But brothers and sisters, if it's just me and Christ, hallelujah. Okay? He's enough. Like, I love you. I want you. Don't get me wrong. But Christ is enough. This, this adoption, this sonship, this thing, it has to become who you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter your background. James deals with this. If a rich man comes in and a poor man comes in, don't treat them different. The blood is the equalizer. <laughs> so why can't you look at yourself that way? We've been so geared to measure success. I'm do, I do, I'm guilty of it right now. I'm working out. I'm trying to get fit. And so what I do, I look in the mirror and I look at a picture and I go, I'm trying to get there. I'm doing it geared success. Well, that's fine and dandy as long as I'm not finding my identity in that. I'm a son, whether I'm 300 pounds or 180, I'm a son. I'm a king and a priest. I feel way better at 180. I do. I feel way better. It's just real. It's just being honest. But it doesn't change my value or who I am as a person. I'm a son of the Most High God. And again, that all then goes back to realizing the access that I have to Him. I know I can show up at my Father's house any time of the day. He promises strength and power. Isaiah 40, verse 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, I've, I've heard it taught, uh, and it is true, that that word wait doesn't actually mean doing nothing. It's actually waiting expectantly, believing its faith. So again, all his promises in Christ are yes and amen. So in Christ, if they're yes and amen, in Christ, you know right out of the gate, all strength is yours. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. It's his good pleasure to give me joy. It's his good pleasure to give me strength. So anytime I'm weary, I could tell weariness to take a hike. I'm in Christ. 
How do you think the Lord endured the cross? He was strengthened by the Father. He was strengthened by the Holy Spirit. And if he can do that and I have access to his life, then I can walk in the same if I believe. God promises provision. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, new wine, olive oil, the calves of your herd, the lambs of your flock, the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Deuteronomy 7.13, again, people will come and say, that's an old covenant scripture. Hey, but in Christ, all his promises are yes and amen. You know what that means? You know what that means for you, Skylar? You know what that means? That means it don't matter any situation, anything, how, how, none of that matters. You're in Christ. That promise is for you. You don't have to, to take the, the, the crumbs from the table. We sang it this morning. He's not giving crumbs. He said it's done. It's finished. It's over. You get to take this promise that he will bless the fruit of my womb. Why? Because all his promises are yes and amen in Christ. When I look at my bank account, when I look at my paycheck, when I look at my job, and people can it's I've, I've heard it. I know, man, we we got some people in here. It's like that canker worm keeps coming. Da, da, da. Well, it's time to, take can, to tell the canker worm about the blood. What do I mean? It keeps trying to destroy your crop of your life. It's time to tell them about the blood. I'm serious. It's time to believe. That all his promises are yes and amen in Christ. You can't touch me because I'm under the blood. I, I can't help but be blessed. In him, he's the one through whom all blessings flow. And I'm in him. Blessings can't help but flow through me. Listen. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Old covenant, old promise. You want to know what the better promise is? New covenant, better promise? You get the last half of that. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Walk in the righteousness of, of God. Believe in Christ. That blood covers you, fulfills the demand of the law, and guess what? Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Because of the blood. There's a few more here. He promises eternal life. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. 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 That means when your feelings of sorrow, all that comes, say, hey, no, 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 no. I'm in Christ, and Christ is already in eternity. I don't have to receive this if I don't want it. I don't have to receive sorrow. He gives beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. He gives in Christ. Everything is received in this place. He promises deliverance from evil. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Take refuge in his blood. Everything you need, every delivering power, every bit of freedom, every burden you need broken off of you, every bondage you need shattered. It's right there. God promises for healing in Scripture. And the prayer offered, listen to this, 
in faith. I want to change our minds here. Holy Spirit, change our minds on the prayer of faith. We pray the prayer of faith, and we think it's I believe enough that you'll be healed, so you'll be healed. No, no, no. How about I believe that I'm righteous enough by the blood that when I pray, I'm praying like I'm Christ in his life before God. And whose prayers will God always answer? Christ's. So when I pray for you, I'm praying as Jesus before the Lord. That's the prayer of faith. That I'm praying not on my own accolades, not on my own belief, not in my own strength or my own power or my own ability to see you healed, but on Christ. That's the prayer of faith. And it says, we'll make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they sin, they will be forgiven. Why? Because, again, I'm praying the prayer of faith over myself, and I'm praying in them what? Believing the righteousness of God. See how it's all tied? The sin has been dealt with. It's all tied right to the blood. There's promises of renewal. Therefore, if anyone is Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Titus 2, 11 through 12. When temptation comes, when sin tries to creep at your door, it must pass over. Not because you're a super saint. Not because you prayed in tongues for eight hours. Do I think you should pray in tongues? Yeah, think if God gave you the gift, you should use it. It's his power. It's his blood. In Christ, all the promises of God are yes and amen. We have to begin to think this way. For where we're going, what we're stepping into, in Christ, all the promises of God are, are yes and amen. In the ark, the rainbow appeared. Has, let me tell you how done it is. Let me tell you how done it is. Has God ever flooded the earth again? It was finished. This is so finished, guys, in Christ. It's just as finished as the flood. It's just as finished as the flood. His promise is done. The rainbow's there. It's done. We look at the cross. It's done. It's done. It's the sign. It's his sign that it's done. It's finished. What happens? Flash floods come. They flood areas. Things happen. We start to wonder, is this God flooding the earth again? I bet you people did. I bet you people did. After, after the, the, the flood, the first time it like rained and filled a river and flash flood and they were like, God lied. God lied. He going to flood the whole earth again. He lied. Rainbows are fake. Ah. You know they did. And then it receded and they're like, oh, we're sorry, God. And then, the, and then, guess, what? And then the, guess what happens after it rains? Then the rainbow came out. Boom. Think about the genius of God. Then the rainbow came out. 
boom. And they're like, oh, look, actually, God is faithful. God is faithful. So when you leave here today and you face something this afternoon, many of you will. It's just a fact of life. Maybe you've got a pain in your side. Maybe you've got a pain right now. We'll pray for healing before we leave. Maybe you've got, you know, a financial bill. You go home and, and there's a bill you didn't notice on Saturday that's there. Something like that comes up and you think it's fixing to flood again. I want you to look at the cross. I want you to know that when you stand before the Father, he sees Jesus. And the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I have, by I can demand. Do you understand that? I have a right from the Holy Spirit right now. I have a right. Can you get the light? I have a right to demand these promises. I have a right to demand them. Not because of me. There's no pride involved here. It's actually humility to demand the promises of God. It's actually humility to demand your healing based on what Christ did. It's actually humility to demand your provision based on what Christ did. Because you're not standing up saying, look at me in my awesome, amazing life. I deserve this. You're confessing the truth that I deserved hell, death, the lake of fire. But Jesus Christ loved me so much. The Father loved me so much that he sent his son to die that I might have eternal life. For the Son of God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but through him the world would be saved. And I throw my feet again at the cross. And I stay there, Lord. I stay under your blood. Debt, death, destruction, disease pass over me. Depression pass over me. All those dirty deeds pass over me. God, I thank you right now for a great passing over this morning. God, we grab hyssop. We grab hyssop in faith. Apply the blood. Promises open up now. Promises open up now. I'm believing it. Like I said, I don't pat myself on the back that we've been given the poor, but the Bible says if you take care of the poor, God takes care of you. And guess what? In Christ, all the promises of God are yes and amen. I can demand it because of the blood. I demand it. I demand healing in this body to flow through every sickness. If you need healing, wave at me. If you need healing right now, flow through this body right now because of the not on his works or mine, but because of Jesus right now. Because I stand before God pleading to the Father in the name of the Son as I'm standing in the life of the Son. Be healed now. Be healed and whole. Be healed now in Jesus' name. Be healed. I pray the prayer of faith that I'm washed in the blood. Be healed now. Be healed now in your bodies in Jesus' name. Debt cancellation because of the blood. Next time I get a bill saying I owe a debt, I'm going to say, get out of here, you liar. I'm not telling you not to pay your bills. <laughs> Don't twist my words. <laughs>
We thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Aren't you glad that it's sufficient? This is what freedom is. This is, you're literally free from all of it. You're free from, I said you're free from all of it. I pray, God, that the, the, I come against, I pray a Holy Ghost scarecrow. That's what I pray in Jesus' name. A Holy Ghost scarecrow that keeps the enemy, the birds, from coming and plucking this seed out from our hearts this morning. I pray for a Holy Ghost weed whacker that just deals all the thorns and thistles just out. No choking this word out this morning. God, I pray for a Holy Ghost jackhammer that just smashes stony hearts, God, and that this seed goes down deep and produces great, great fruit in our life. And now I pray for Holy Ghost fertilizer on the soil of our hearts, God, that one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. God, in you, all your promises are yes and amen to your glory. We know that you receive glory when your promises are possessed by your people. So we say amen. We amen your amen, Lord. We say yes, God, that we know we're not worthy. But because of your blood, we've been found holy. And you have made us worthy. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.